Welcome to another hour of Highway 89, Utah's most scenic musical byway. I'm Eric Glissmeyer. Our guest today is pianist Miriam Conti, who's visiting Utah from New York. Ms. Conti is a Steinway artist known for her extensive concert repertoire and international performances. She's concertized all over the world at venues like Carnegie Hall, the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion, and Teatro Colón in her native Argentina. In the world of music, Miriam Conti is a mover and shaker. You could probably even call her an activist. She's very passionate about the music and musicians of Latin America and Spain. She's founded a competition for musicians from Argentina and Uruguay, created the New York City International Tango Competition for professional musicians, and created Teachers del Norte, Pianists del Sur, an international exchange between Argentina and the U.S. under the auspices of the American Embassy. She's also recorded, 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 releasing a dozen CDs, her most recent being Nostalgias Argentinas on the Steinway & Sons label. We're certainly glad to have her here today, and I'll chat with her in just a little while. However, let's begin by hearing her perform two pieces by Poulenc, Mouvement Perpetuel, Perpetual Motion, and The Villagers, six short piano pieces for children.
Poulenc's The Villagers and Mouvement Perpetuel, performed by Miriam Conti. You're listening to Highway 89, a live recital program from the studios of BYU Broadcasting. I'm Eric Glissmeyer. Miriam, you grew up in a creative family. Your father, Raoul Conti, is a talented painter and sculptor, and your mother is an author. What was it like growing up in a household like that? I think it was the best the best experience in my life, and uh, I'm so glad for that. Uh, first of all, because it's very rare now um, for the parents to be at home and the kids to be at home all day. So my father worked at home, and my mother was at home. So that feeling of uh, coming from school and having lunch together, the whole family, then do the work, the homework, and go to the conservatory and come back and have dinner together. So uh, I think just that, for me, was the, something that I, I just I hope every kid would have it now. Uh, secondly, the experience of uh, smelling oil painting <laughs> and, and wood and all kinds of material and uh, seeing uh, friends coming almost every weekend. You know, Argentines like to have parties and barbecues and drink wine and all that. So almost uh, every other weekend would be a reunion of painters and writers. So I wish then I had one of those cameras and videos <laughs> because uh, it would be a reunion of the best painters in the, in the country and artists. So... Um, and even though I, you know, didn't understand much, but just to, to be around that, I think it does help uh, in, in growing up as an artist uh, because your parents realize what it requires, you know, the time that requires to be, uh, you know, an artist, uh, the time spent hours and hours in the instrument or in front of a canvas or writing. So uh, they understood that very very well. So uh, to me, uh, even until now, I, I think is uh, I'm, I'm very lucky. I was very lucky. When did music first captivate you? Always. Um, I remember it uh, since I was little, maybe four or five, I, my parents would have the radio on. And, uh, and there was a lot of folk music and tango music then uh, in the radio. And I just loved the rhythms and, you know, I would sing along and all that. And then my parents noticed that I liked and, you know, because I would be sitting on my high chair, kicking <laughs> everywhere. So, but um, my oldest brothers, I have four brothers, by the way, they're all older. And the oldest one was uh, studying guitar and he played very well classical guitar. And he taught me the beginnings of music, you know, reading the solfege and all that. And then um, I didn't have a piano, so finally uh, across the street, a neighbor, she had a piano. And I used to go kind of hear my brother play a little bit. He also played a little piano. And uh, and I remember he played this, uh, you know, one of the arias from Tosca all the time, you know. And I said, I want to play that. I, I didn't know it was a <laughs> singing, you know, but, but he played it on the piano, so I want to play that. So I started uh, in... in uh, Chinese standards, it's very late because I was seven years old when I started music, so <laughs> that would be too late already to be in, uh, if I was uh, born in China. <laughs> sure, if you were born in China, but, but here that's still pretty young. <laughs> it is young, and I think that's the best time because at seven you start reading. Uh, sure. You have focus on reading notes and numbers and counting, so it's probably a good time. Of course, younger is better, but you do everything by ear. But at seven, eight, that's the best time for a kid because they absorb things faster. A little later, then it becomes a little more complicated to learn. So. Sure. 
Well, I think we're going to hear you play some more music now, something old and something new. Um, Miriam Conti has recorded the complete mazurkas of Chopin. That's more than 50 mazurkas. So, of course, we have to hear her play one of those right now. And then she'll follow that with music of Argentine composer Remo Pignoni, three traditional dances from Argentina.
from the BYU Broadcasting Radio Performance Studio. That was Argentine composer Remo Pignoni's Three Traditional Dances. And before that, Mazurka, Opus 24, Number 1 by Chopin. Our guest for this episode of Highway 89 is Miriam Conti, and I'm Eric Glissmeyer. <laughs> when Juilliard observed its centennial celebration, you were selected as one of its 100 outstanding alumni. Also, a scholarship has been set up there in your honor. You teach at the school, and you earned two degrees there. What was your pathway to Juilliard? Um, <laughs> long pathway. Uh, when we came here from Argentina, um, my father's idea was just to come for one year to the United States and go back, just to try. And, and him being an artist, he wanted to be in New York. And and uh, But it just happened to audition for a teacher. It was very known then, and still now. She's passed uh, Adele Marcus. And there are a lot of stories about her, which I'm not going to tell on the radio. <laughs> uh, but a lot of pianists know, know of her and knew of her. And uh, But I was a little young for her to take me in. But she recommended a teacher in pre-college at Julia, Richard Faber. And it was the best the best choice. And I, until today, I thank her for that because uh, it, it was a good move. And I don't know if I would have survived with her. But <laughs> so this was very good. Um, so he trained me for a whole year to uh, audition for Juilliard. And uh, I got in. I did pre-college two years. I was still, you know, a teenager. And then uh, I auditioned for the, the college. And uh, I studied with the Russian teacher, Joseph Reif. Uh, who was probably one of the first teachers at Julia in the 1940s. So he, he was, as you can imagine, very old. Oh, yeah. So I still remember my first audition at Julia. Um, the jury was probably uh, the whole piano faculty there, about eight or nine. And it was must have been 800 years old in that table. <laughs> every from the old generation. And and now I think back and I said, my God, I had those were the great teachers, you know, coming from such uh, great uh, ancestry, you know, oh, student yeah. office, student office. What, you a, know. what a pedigree. Incredible. It, just my teacher, I mean, he studied with uh, Schnabel and Harold Bauer and Silotti, who was a uh, list eight, uh, student. So um, when I think about it now, I was lucky that that I was able to teach, to, I mean, to study with this uh, romantic from the old generation. So <clears throat> I graduated with bachelor's and then master's. Uh, but meanwhile, uh, in my first year at college, I met my future husband because he was a music librarian at Juilliard. So tomorrow is going to be 33 years since we met. So to me, Julia was a second home in, in all respects. I, I love the teachers. I love the... I loved the um, the, the very hyper <laughs> hyper training and very competitive, very, you know, it, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy at all, but it does help you. It reinforces you in, internally and makes you choose. As, do I want to do this? Or, <laughs> or maybe I should change career. So after, and, and the teachers are very smart because on the first year in the college, they really, they, they test you in every way. They test. I mean, they can sometimes uh, border in the line of offending you sometimes, but you have to take it. And I still remember my teacher, I brought some Chopin the first year, and he said, you will never play Chopin. You're terrible. You're this and that. You would never, a teacher would never say that to a student. Oh, but yeah. then I realized it was just all test. It's one thing after, and see yeah. how much you can take it. It's sort of like a boot camp, isn't exactly. it, really? It, it is, and it still is. <laughs> but I think it was worse then. Now, Julia is a little more open, and, and they do understand that the career as a musician, you know, requires other things. You're not everybody that goes to Julia comes out a great 
solo artist, so they have to be trained to do other things, to teach, to accompany, and to, to, to work in many fields of music. So, but in the time I was there, the piano, the instrument was everything, and you had to fight for that. So, um, so this teacher was kind of like that. But then after the first few years, you know, I, it was very enjoyable. So um, I was lucky I had scholarships every year from Juilliard and uh, graduated. And uh, after a few years, um, one of my former teachers at Juilliard uh, from the theory class, he loved my Argentine repertoire. And he said, but you should be teaching this stuff here at Juilliard, you know. And uh, so we have a program, the Evening Division. It's the adult education at Juilliard. And uh, and it's a great program because people from all walks, you know, lawyers, physicians, everything, they, they want to take courses at Juilliard, and they get to uh, learn from the teachers, from Juilliard. So, um, so I started teaching there in 2007, so it's going to be six years, and in the evening. So I, and the nice thing is that I get to choose what I teach. So I started first with some, always piano literature, Argentine music or Spanish music. I taught American music too. I love American music, American here, North American, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to right. be clear. And I did promote a lot of uh, composers from the United States. Um, so, uh, so it's a great um, thing for me to be teaching there because, first of all, I I get to teach a repertoire that I love, and just in two weeks I'm going to be teaching Poulenc. So it's 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 wonderful. No, it keeps your brain it's, going. It's marvelous, and, and obviously, obviously it. you love it there. You're you're still oh, there, and uh, I love it. Yeah, and the students, uh, you know, it's just wonderful. Uh, and sometimes, you know, I do teach some of the piano graduate seminars in, in the college, and it's interesting because you have to deal with. 20 or 25 kids there that they think they know it all. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> like I was when I was there. So I look at them on the other side and, you know, I was sitting on that chair, that same chair, yeah. and, you know, it's not easy. you got to realize that when you graduate, there's a, a real world there and you have to make a career out of this. It's not, sure. it's not easy. Well, next we're going to hear something by Juan Jose Ramos, uh, Milonga Sureña. Just a little note about the milonga. It's a fusion of various dances, including the Cuban habanera, the mazurka, the polka, and the Brazilian macumba.
Miriam Conti performing Milonga Sorena on Highway 89. I'm Eric Glissmeyer. Your album, Nostalgias Argentinas, features wonderful music that, until your CD came out, was rarely heard outside yeah. Argentina. Yeah. But the CD has really been a big hit. It's received rave reviews, and your website mentions it being played on nearly 200 public radio stations. First of all, congratulations Thank you. on that. Yeah. I'm wondering how the project uh, came up. How did you decide to, to do this? Well, uh, you know, as I always like to promote unusual music, and, um, and especially uh, from Argentina, because even when I was studying there, I didn't know much about my own music. <laughs> and I think... It works every in every country. Students here, American students, don't know much about their own music, <laughs> so they should learn. And so um, I started uh, kind of uh, researching composers, you know, because I remember the names, but I never heard their music. And uh, and I do have friends from Argentina, older friends that have been collecting music forever and ever. So I got piles and piles of music at home. And one day I just sat there and started looking. I said, Oh my God, you know, all this rich repertoire and this not out there and uh, so I put it together and the people you know the Steinway label you know they were very interested and they're always interested in unusual repertoire and nice music too <laughs> because there are a lot of music out there but uh, it's very hard sometimes to choose for a recording especially when you're choosing many composers if you're just dealing with one like Chopin okay you do Masurka's Ballad, Scherzo, but when you're dealing with many composers, you have to make sure that you have some kind of variety in sure. styles because you do have uh, fol uh, folk music, uh, composers like uh, the Remo Pignon is all based on the folk traditional dances, different dances, but then you have the tango composer, which is a completely different thing. And then you have the more classical oriented, uh, coming from more of the French school, you know, these are composers from the early 1900s. So it's almost like, you know, dusting the, <laughs> the music out of there and, and trying to revive it. And, um, and I found, you know, there's just so much good repertoire there for the pianist, for the pianist, uh, for, from every country, not just Argentina, because if you can research a music from the United States, there's so much. Uh, and, and it's not played, it's not, you know, it's underperformed. And we, of course, as pianists, we do like to play Chopin, Bach, Mozart, Beethoven, but there is music there that needs to be promoted. And it's perfectly pianistic. There's nothing uncomfortable. These composers knew how to write for the instrument. So um, so that's one, also one factor that I tried to include, that the composers are really piano composers. They know how to treat the instrument. So, um, and the recording did very well, and it's, it's amazing because this is music that people don't know. Yeah. And even, and you say people don't know it here, but in Argentina... <laughs> <laughs> they don't know it either. They don't know either. <laughs> so it's not just here. I mean, don't feel Re bad. Revealing, I mean, revealing it to, it, it, uh, to yes, lots of people. It's terrible. I mean, because when you think of Argentina, you think of Ginastera, Piazzolla, of course, yeah. Piazzolla, and... Uh, but then there are all these others. And, that, and, that and many to. others, you know, from late, early 1900s, you know. Yeah. That, that was a very strong uh, era for composers in Argentina. And I think in the United States, too, you had... Wonderful. I mean, if you think of Gershwin Copeland, you know, McDowell oh, yeah. and yeah. Joplin, all the, you know, rag composers, you know, such a richness of repertoire. But you have folk, you have classical, you have everything into it, and uh, and people could accept everything. The problem now, I think, sometimes is that um, the conservatories are too training too much, you know, to separate the classical from what is the popular music. 
And when you think of classical music, I mean, look at the mazurka, the Chopin mazurka, it's a folk dance. So if you don't understand the flavor of a mazurka, I mean, even though I'm not Polish and I never danced it, but at least I try to see how the Polish people dance it, you know, the real folk, rustic, then you start thinking how Chopin, you know, thought in that time, uh, what he saw in the, you know, in the outside in the streets. And so you have to put all that together in your head and, and, and respect that the, the other side, you know, the popular aspect and the folk aspect is very important in the training, you know, when you're doing classical music. Sure, Make, makes a lot of sense. It, it has to, it yeah. has to. Well, I'm looking forward to this next segment of music, Tangos by three different Argentine composers. We have Lluvia de Estrellas by Osmar Maderna, Nocturna by Julian Plaza, and Taquito Militar, Mariano Mores. Again, we're listening to pianist Miriam Conti on Highway 89. Thank you. 
tangos by three different Argentine composers, Lluvia de Estrellas by Osmar Maderna, Nocturna by Julian Plaza, and Taquito Militar by Moriano Mores. And that concludes this edition of Highway 89. Our guest today has been the renowned pianist Miriam Conti. Thank you so much, Miriam, for being here. Such delightful repertoire, and it was fun to get to know you a little bit thank as well. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's, uh, it's tough to play live, <laughs> <laughs> even though we're used to it. But I, I can't imagine having to, is, having to do that, but uh, <laughs> it, it was so wonderful. But, uh, thank thank you. you. Thank you very much, and I love showing all this music to the world. Miriam Conti is a Steinway artist who teaches at the Juilliard School in New York. She's the creator of several competitions and organizations that champion the music and artistry of Spain and Latin America, including the New York City International Tango Competition and Teachers del Norte Pianists del Sur. She's recorded a dozen CDs of classical, modern, and cultural piano music. Her most recent CD on the Steinway & Sons label is Nostalgias Argentinas, and her current recording project features solo works by Francis Poulenc. More information about her and her recordings is available on her website, miriamconti.com. We also want to thank the Gina Bachauer International Piano Foundation for helping arrange today's performance. The organization does a lot to bring world-class musicians to Utah, and we frequently benefit from their efforts. So a special thanks to the Bachauer and Joanne Rowland and Douglas Humphreys. We welcome your comments or questions about today's performance or the show in general. To contact us, simply send an email to highway89 at byu.edu. Highway 89 is a live concert series from the studios of BYU Broadcasting in Provo, Utah. The recording engineer is Mark Waite, and the show's producer is Jackie Tataishi. I'm Eric Glissmeyer. Thanks for listening. <laughs>